Welcome to the Grace Chapel Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged and built up in your faith as we dive into God's Word together. Enjoy the message. Would you do this? Would you grab your Bibles out? Always encourage you to bring your Bibles. Or today, if you're new to Grace, we're going to put the scriptures on the screen. If you have your phone, take out your phone and maybe access the Bible through the Bible app or on your tablet today. And so turn to 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So you have 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles. Those are in reverse alphabetical order. I learned that as a kid. Right? So 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to preach a message today called Gratitude in the Middle of Chaos. Gratitude in the Middle of Chaos. Now somebody said, Pastor, you just described my Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Gratitude in the middle, in the very middle of chaos, right? Now, I realize that this is the holiday season. In fact, today is actually Advent Sunday. And so I grew up in a Pentecostal spirit-filled church. We didn't talk a lot about Advent, but if you grew up in a Catholic church, Episcopal church, maybe a more traditional church, then you heard a lot about Advent. So you go back from Christmas four Sundays, and you'll find today is the beginning of the Christian calendar or what is known as Advent. Advent, the word, just, the word just means he's coming. In other words, we are preparing for the celebration of our birth of our Lord and Savior. I mean, that's a great thing, right? And we got the holidays coming up, and I know there's a lot of busyness. Anybody busy? Anybody not busy? You got nothing to do, nowhere to go. Nothing. So, uh, you know, I find that most people are very busy. So when I say the word chaos, because the definition of chaos actually means confusion and disorder. Confusion and disorder. And that can describe the holidays, right? It can be confusing time. There's a lot of emotions that surround the holidays. Maybe this Thanksgiving looked a lot different than last year because of a loss or because of something that happened or because of just the busyness of your life right now or just everything that you're dealing with. And the holidays can be a very confusing time. It can be a time of disorder. But it doesn't have to just be about the holidays, right? Because we just did a series on the Word of God, the importance of the Word of God, and I talked about wanting to do this series that we have coming up on caring for our soul because I do believe that that we need to slow down. We just need to slow down as a society. We need to slow down as people. We need to push away from certain things. And so I told you I wanted to do this series on caring for our soul, but I really feel like God wants me to do that during our 21 days of fasting and prayer. And yes, after Thanksgiving, it's okay to talk about fasting and prayer, which we have coming up starting January the 8th. And so I'm going to push that series to then, but today is just kind of a prequel to that series, because when I say chaos, for you it may be that your chaos has been going on for months. Your chaos has been going on for years. There's just been these emotions, there's been a lot of confusion, a lot of disorder in your life, and you would say, Pastor, how do I, how do I win this thing? How do I beat this thing back? Because... You might be here and you say, Pastor, I'm facing something, I have no idea what to do. I'm facing something, I have no idea what to do. I don't know how to change this, I don't know how to turn this thing around, I'm just very confused right now, there's a lot of chaos in my life. 
There was a man in the Bible, and we're going to read about him today. His name was Jehoshaphat. He was the leader of Israel. And here's what happened. Three armies came against him. The armies of Ammon, the armies of Moab, and the armies of the people of Mount Seir, right? They came against Jehoshaphat. They attacked Israel. And in the natural, it looked impossible. So if you're facing a situation that in the natural, it looks very difficult, it looks impossible, there's a sickness, there's an illness, something going on in your marriage, something going on in your family, something going on in your finances, your business, you say, I really don't know what to do in the natural, this looks difficult, this looks impossible, Jehoshaphat faced something that was very difficult. In fact, it was life or death. They had three armies coming against them, and they were incredibly outnumbered. So watch what it says, actually, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3 says, And Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Right? In other words, he's facing the situation. It looks impossible in the natural, and, and he was afraid, right? But he did not allow fear to grab a hold of him to such a degree that it would change his, his direction, it would affect his choices. In fact, fear came upon him, but he responded to fear this way. He set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast. He said, guys, in the natural, this is the whole country, in the natural, this looks impossible. We need to fast, and we need to pray. And that's exactly what they did. They began to fast. They began to pray, right? And in verse number 15, Chapter 20, verse 15, it says, this prophetic word came from a prophet named Jehaziel. He says this, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Hallelujah. How many of you know that's a good word? You receive that word, that's a good word. That's a good day. When somebody says to you, hey, don't be afraid. The battle that you're facing, you're not going to have to fight it. God is going to fight for you. The battle is not yours. The battle is God's. Hallelujah. And Jehoshaphat would go on to tell the people, he said, listen, if we believe the prophets, we're going to succeed. If we believe the prophets, we're going to prosper. If we believe this word, everything is going to turn out as God says it's going to turn out. So we need to trust God, and we need to live in faith, right? And we need to respond properly. And watch what happens now. That's verse 15. Go down to verse 21. It says this, And when he had consulted the, with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now watch this. I love the first part of that verse. And when he had consulted the people. That just means he found out who, who could and couldn't sing. <laughs> Come on now. Some of us just don't make the cut. We don't get to be on the worship team. You know what I'm saying? That's just, it's just the way it is. He consulted with the people. Hey, who can play? Maybe they had auditions. I don't know how it worked out, right? But he consulted with the people, and he put the praise. He found people who could sing, found people who could play. He said, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to push them to the front of the battle. 
We're going to take the people because we all have different skill sets. We talked about that last week, right? And so some people can fight. Some people knew how to use a sword. Some people knew how to use a spear, bow and arrow. But then some people played instruments. Some people sing. So we all have different skill sets. But when he said this, listen, the people who can fight, the people who, who can use a sword, the people who are the soldiers, we're going to put them back. And we're going to push the praise team to the front. And we're going to let the praise team go out first. Come on now. And they're going to start praising the Lord, but they're not just going to say anything. They're not just going to sing whatever they want. Here's what we're going to have them say. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever, right? Now watch this. In the Hebrew, that word praise is actually the word yada. It's Y-A-W-D-A-W, and it means to give thanks, right? So in almost every other translation of the Bible, now in the New King James, which is what I read from, and in the King James Version, it says praise. But in the NIV, in the English Standard Version, in the New American Standard Version, it says give thanks. So in almost every other translation, it's translated like this. Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. The Amplified Bible just covers it all. Praise and give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. So the proper translation is this. Before they ever saw a change in the circumstances, they were expressing their gratitude to God. Before anything turned around, before anything got better, before anyone was defeated, before anything ever happened in the natural, they started to give thanks to God in advance, knowing that his mercy endures forever. Amen? So we have to know this. You're facing something that in the natural, it looks bad. It does not look good. It's a situation that you have going on in your physical body, your finances, your marriage, your family, whatever it is, if you would just get out front and begin to give God thanks, come on somebody, before you ever see a change, if you would just give God thanks in advance, you'll begin to see things change when you begin to express gratitude to God. Somebody say amen. amen. So we have to begin to thank God in the midst of the chaos, before anything turns around, right? Before one shot is fired, before one thing turns, you have to express your gratitude to God, knowing in advance that he has already won the battle, knowing in advance that the battle is not yours, it's God, knowing in advance that it's going to turn out exactly as God says it's going to turn out. I give God thanks because he's a good God, amen? He's never failed me, never will fail me, and he's not about to start now, amen? That's the kind of God we serve. So that's what happened. Now watch what happens. They begin to say, praise the Lord or give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Verse 22 says, now when they begin to sing and praise the Lord, now praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Now here's what happened. The Bible says that angels got involved ambushes. What do you think happened? They began to fight each other. Now, we know this from the Word of God, that angels can be invisible, right? Here's how we know this. Do you remember the story of Elisha and his servant? They were stuck 
in a, in a hole, right? They were stuck in a place, and they were surrounded by an army. And the servant was real nervous, right? And it says to his, his master, Elisha, said, we're surrounded, we're going to die. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he would see that there's more for us than there are against us. And the Bible says God opened his spiritual eyes and he saw what was invisible to the natural. He saw an army of angels surrounding the army that was surrounding him. Amen? So there was an army of invisible angels that was there to protect Elisha and his servant. So here's what happened. The Bible says the Lord sent ambushes. That means a soldier from Moab was standing there and a soldier from Mount Seir, right? The people of Mount Seir were standing behind him and an angel pushed. I don't know if it happened like this, but an angel pushed the soldier and the soldier from Moab turned around like, hey man, what's going on? And the other guy said, I didn't, I didn't touch you. And all of a sudden, now I don't know if it happened this way. I'm joking with you guys, but, but all of a sudden they began to go, hey, what's going on? Invisible angels got them to fight each other. And when Jehoshaphat and the army of Israel shows up, dead bodies everywhere because the people had fought each other and then soldiers running off in the other direction. That's exactly what God did. He fought the battle for them. They didn't have to fire one arrow. They didn't have to draw one sword. All they had to do was say, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And God did their fighting for them. Somebody say amen. So there's a way to react to adversity. There's a way to respond when you see something in the natural that's contrary to the word of God. And I want to talk to you about that because there is a way to win the battle. And I want to give you three things, three ways to win the battle. And the first one is this. The first way is to keep your eyes fixed on the answer and not the problem. Keep your eyes fixed on the answer. In fact, it says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is Jehoshaphat says this. It says, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Amen. When I don't know what to do, I cannot fixate on the problem. I cannot focus on the problem. I can't keep rehearsing the problem. I can't keep talking about the problem. I cannot just stay with tunnel vision about the problem. I have to fix my eyes on the answer. I have to fix my gaze, my focus on the author and the finisher of my faith. I have to put my eyes on, on him that created the heavens and the earth. Psalms 121 says that my eyes are fixed on him. Where does my help come from? It comes from the heavens. It comes from the maker of the heavens and the earth. His name is God. So I have to fix my eyes on him. That's number one. I have to fix my eyes on him. And then number two is this. I have to move the battle. I have to move the battle from the horizontal to the vertical field. Now you say, well, pastor, what do you mean about that? Too many people fight on a horizontal plane. They're fighting this tug of war against the devil. And one day the devil wins. And one day you win. And one day the devil wins. And one day you win. 
right? And you're fighting this battle. And, you know, if you, you read your Bible that morning, hey, I win today. And then you, you skip a day and the devil wins this day. And so you're fighting this thing on a horizontal plane. But I want you to know that the battle between God and the devil is not fought on a horizontal plane. This thing is not even. Did you hear me now? It's not that God's just a little bit better than the devil. Come on now. God is so infinitely stronger. He is so much bigger. He is so much more powerful than anything the devil could ever offer. This thing isn't close, people. Not even close. So we need to take the battle off of a horizontal plane and put it on a vertical level because authority is vertical. And if Christ is the head and we're the body, where does the devil go? He goes under our feet. That's the chain of command. So we need to make sure that we put the devil in his place. He is defeated. He is under his, our feet. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, we're not wrestling what? Against flesh and blood. This thing's on a spiritual plane. We're going to move the battle to the right field. We're going to make sure that we're fighting on, on the right battlefield, and we're going to talk about victory. Amen? Because the devil wants you to just fight this thing on a, on a power struggle. He wants you to just think that if you could just grin it, if you could just, just make it happen, if you could just force it, then somehow you're going to win. No, no, no. You need to let God fight for you. I remember watching this video of a crocodile who attacked a lion. This lion had went down, you know, in Africa, and he was, he was getting some water, and a crocodile jumps up and grabs him. And what the crocodile was trying to do, he was trying to drag the lion into the water because the crocodile knew that he had no chance on land. But he also knew that the lion had no chance in the water. If I could just get the lion into the water, then I'll win the fight. And the devil operates the same way. If I can just get them to fight this in the natural, because who wins and loses, who lives and who dies, depends on where you fight. Did you hear me? And so the crocodile knows he's got no chance on land. He's slow. He's got stubby legs and arms. He don't have a chance against a lion on the land. But you get him in the water, crocodile wins every time. And the devil's saying this, if I could just get them, if I could just get them to fight this thing in the natural, if I can just uh, get them to read some self-help books and there's nothing wrong with books, if I can just get them to ask advice for some worldly neighbors, then maybe the, this thing will turn around. No, 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 no. You need to open up the Word of God, find some promises that are for you, and you need to begin to change your word. You say, Pastor, how do I move this to a vertical level? Well, I'll tell you how. Number three... Remember that there's power in words. There's power in words. Right? Because words are the weapons that cause you to overcome. Words are the weapons that cause you to overcome. So you want to move this thing to the right field? You want to make sure that you're fighting this thing on a spiritual level and not on a natural level? You have to remember the power of words. Right? Because Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. But I love the last part of that verse because it says this, those who love it will eat its fruit. 
Huh? Because some people love to talk. Come on now. Some people just love talking. I want you to turn to the neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. Some people love to talk, right? But do you notice that verse is in the neutral? It's neither positive nor negative. It just simply says that you are going to eat the fruit of what you say. That could be positive. If you're speaking the word of God, if you're talking about the promises of God, if you're speaking truth, then you're going to eat the fruit of truth. But if you're speaking defeat, if you're speaking lack, because I just believe you cannot talk depression and walk in joy. You can't talk sickness and walk in health. You can't talk poverty and walk in abundance. It just can't be done. You're going to eat the fruit of what you say. And the writer of Proverbs, inspired by the Holy Spirit, didn't say blessing and cursing, which is true. It didn't say winning and losing. It said death. Went all the way over here to death, then went all the way over here to life, and said everything in between is in the power of the tongue. That's how powerful words are. That's how powerful words are. All right, so I want to I end with this story that my pastor told me 30 years ago. My pastor told this story 30 years ago, and I've never forgotten it. He said there was a soldier that enlisted in the army, and he enlisted in the army, and it turned out that there was a war that was taking place, so he was sent off to war. Well, they were passing out guns, and when they got to him, they had run out of guns. So he's standing there, and the person who was passing out guns said, hey, listen, we, we don't have any guns, but here's what you got to do. You just take your fingers, and you point at the enemy, and you say, bang, 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 and that's going to work. And the soldier says, what are you talking about? This isn't going to work. I'm going to get killed. This is just no way, right? And so he's, he's pushed along, and he actually gets into a foxhole, and the soldiers beside him have guns, and he's all he's got is his fingers. And he sees the enemy, and he finds one soldier, and he points his fingers at him, and he goes, bangity, bang, 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 and the soldier just falls down dead. And he can't believe it. He's just in shock. And so he points his fingers at another one of the enemy that's coming in, another enemy soldier, and he goes, bang, 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 and that person falls down dead. And he thinks to himself, this is fantastic. I don't need to reload. All I got to do is just point my fingers at the enemy, and he's just picking people left, off, left and right. He's just bang, 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 and people are just falling down dead. And he points at this one soldier that's coming towards this foxhole, and he goes, bang, 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 and the soldier just keeps coming. And he doesn't know, he's thinking he's doing something wrong, and he tries it again, and he points at that soldier, and he goes, bang, 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 and the soldier just keeps coming. And he tries it one last time, because that soldier's bearing down on him, and he gives it one last try, and he goes, bang, 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 and the soldier just mows him over, and he's going, tankity, tank, 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 tankity, tank, 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 right? <laughs> the only difference between the guy who is mowed over and the guy doing the mowing is words. Did you hear me now? The only difference between the guy who was mowed over and the guy doing the mowing 
is words. There is a difference that your words are going to make. It's either going to cause you to get mowed over or you're going to do the mowing. Did you hear me now? Because you can live your life going bangity bang, 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 or you can live your life going tankity tank, tank, tank. Amen? And here's what I want you to do. The next time we see you in the lobby and the next time we say, hey, how are you doing today? I want you to say, Pastor, tankity tank, tank, tank. Okay? That is going to tell me that you are winning the war of words over the enemy. It's the only difference. Amen? I want you to do this today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to ask Billy if you would. Thanks for joining us. And thank you to our Grace family who have been generously giving in to this ministry. For more information about our church, please visit gogracechapel.com and give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram with the same handle at gogracechapel. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.